Welcome to the Advocate for Kids podcast. I'm your host, 4Kids President Kevin Enders. Join us on the journey to discover stronger advocacy through nonprofit best practices, life changing stories, and business strategies that take our mission to the next level. We're here to advocate stronger than ever together. Well, hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Enders. I'm the president and CEO of 4Kids, and uh, welcome back to the Advocate for Kids podcast here at 4Kids, where we like to talk about three different big ideas. One is we love to tell stories. Um, we're involved with a lot of children and families, and we have 25 years of amazing stories. Um, so that's something we like to focus on. We also love to invite in to this podcast industry leaders, not only locally across the state, but across the country to talk about industry best practices um, within the foster care adoption world. Uh, there's a lot of great work being done here, but also we recognize a lot of great work being done across the state and across the country. And we've been really blessed with some amazing friends and advocates that um, will be a part of this show in the future. Today, we're gonna talk about the third facet of the Advocate for Kids podcast, and that is kind of talking about business best practices. And when I talk about business best practices, I kind of look at it in two lenses. One is what's going on in the for-profit world. Um, we're going to hear from an amazing person today um, who's involved in human resources, technology, innovation, um, and really just glean from her what's going on in her industry and how that might apply not only to four kids, but to you, to you and your businesses out there, whether you're a small nonprofit, a large nonprofit, or a for-profit business, we think there's value in us talking about that. And and the other thing that we were talking about earlier is even how businesses can learn from what's going on in nonprofits. Um, there's some really great things that nonprofit sector businesses do, and we want to talk about those and make them available to you all as well. So again, welcome back to the Advocate for Kids podcast, and um, I'm going to introduce my special guest. Her name is Sally Adamo. Sally works for JM Family Enterprises here in South Florida, and she's going to tell you a little bit about that. But um, a couple months ago, we were doing a tour here with Sally. And as I got to learn a little bit about Sally's um, very long and amazing <laughs> job description, she now says it's tech delivery in human resources. And it's not something you typically hear when you talk about human resources is mm -hmm. technology, innovation, process improvement. Mm -hmm. And I got to share with her that I, before I joined Four Kids, I was uh, a senior vice president of a technology firm, a global technology firm that really prided itself on Lean Six Sigma process improvement. We were going into billion dollar companies and cutting out a lot of waste, saving them hundreds of millions of dollars and helping them take those dollars and shift them into innovation, letting us do the hard work, but letting them really focus on their business. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So I'm super excited. Sally, welcome back. Welcome mm -hmm. back to Four Kids. And uh, just maybe if you could spend a minute just kind of introducing yourself, a um, little bit about your career. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to do a much better job explaining what you do. <laughs> than I can, but um, welcome. So glad Thank you're you. here. I am so excited to be here. And um, I have to say from the first moment that, you know, I've entered in with four kids and just hearing the things that you are doing, um, it's, just, it's just so impressive, really. I, I'm kind of taking your, your business mindset and technology and bringing it into, you know, the non-for-profit world, especially from a, you know, data and reporting with um, mm -hmm. right on your phone where you can see, okay, where is this child right now? How can we help this child? Mm -hmm. And um, really, that's who we're serving, yeah. you know, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So so again, my name is Sally Adamo. And yes, I, I have a little bit of a long title. Um, I am the HR Technology Director at JM Family Enterprises. Um, very, very blessed to be working for such an incredible company mm -hmm. that has such a huge impact really, um, in, you know, in the community. This is really what, you know, what we're about. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things about JM Family, though, too, we're about giving back. 
you know, and um, that really is at the heart and the core. And it's usually what children's and families and, you know, there's other organizations that we are involved in, um, but this is really at the heart for us. Mm. And then another um, big part of JM family really is, you know, who we are in, in our culture. So, I mean, our culture is we do it better. I mean, mm. that's our mantra. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's actually on my little badge that I have here. We do it better. Mm. Um, and, um, and so really it's like that continuous improvement that's, you know, kind of, you know, part of, um, instilled in us. Mm. And so when we talk about innovation, that's a key core value and so much so that this month is dedicated to innovation. So we're calling it innovation month. So, which is really great. And so we are putting it out to, it doesn't matter, you know, what level you are in the organization. Um, you can submit ideas as a team. Mm. And they will present those ideas, and then you will even get a prize and seed money to implement those ideas. Nice. So, which is which is really really cool. So, on my side of the house, from an HR perspective, we were able to really look at our focus is the associate. So, for JM Family, the associate is the most important asset. Mm. And along with our dealers and our customers, but first, Mr. Moran really instilled we are here for our associates. He always came in and said, "How can I help you? And how can I help your family?" And so when we think about systems and technology and, you know, there's all different things that are happening out there, Amazon experience, right? How are we investing in that way? So right now with my title as HR tech delivery (laughs) is um, we looked at our associate experience across and we had these disparate systems all over um, from beginning to end to when an associate is onboarded uh, to when an associate is either um, retired, hopefully. And going from there. So we looked at all that. And so right now we're implementing a system called Workday, which is a human Mm -hmm. capital management system. um, (laughs) And to really look at that whole process along with supporting technologies to really simplify so that the associate has no idea when they go on their phone or when they're even, you know, on their computer, really what they're using at the end of the day. Mm. So really making that seamless and then also investing in our associates with and I'm sure you experience this in a non-for-profit is the talent and skills that are out there. Yeah. So how do we really capture and utilize that cross-functionalness of capturing that data? For instance, I have a process background. Mm-hmm. How can I use process and Sally, let's say in our other companies within JM family, because they have a need. Mm-hmm. So really making that transparency and, you know, and that type of visibility besides just a yearly kind of what we call goal planning, talent planning process. Okay. Not to make it more dynamic. So Ex- that it's not, not only is the information there, but that there's a way for people to get to it and, and exactly. use it. Yeah. Okay. So that's where the project management comes in. Mm. So when you look at a technology, it's a lot of change. So it's people, associates here, process and technology, because the technology also is going to drive your process Yeah. Um, to be more simpler at the end of the day. Yeah, that's good. I, I want to ask you a question on the innovation month. Like yes. you said, you've been a jam by I think nine, 10 years yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. So how long have you guys been investing or highlighting that, Hey, this is innovation month. Mm-hmm. And what, <clears throat> what type of results have you seen come out of it? Maybe there's an mm-hmm. example of something really great, but how long have you guys been kind of fostering this culture of, Hey, this is important enough mm-hmm. that we're going to dedicate a month. Cause in mm-hmm. our world, we have national foster care month. Of we course. have the national reunification month. We have right. adoption month. There's mm-hmm. all these terms that we celebrate. Mm-hmm. And on our last strategic plan, just so you know, it was important enough. We, we said we're going to develop and, and facilitate a culture of innovation. 
That was one of the first things that was on one of my first strategic plans Mm -hmm. here for kids because we want to do the same thing. So Mm -hmm. tell them a little bit about the history Mm -hmm. or how long it's been and what you've seen. So it's funny. So that's why I brought you this book. Um, This is about Jim Moran, the courtesy man. So this is for you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So when we, you know, when we talk about innovation, I would say informally and informally, um, it really came from him, you know, 54 Mm. years ago. Um, And unfortunately, I wasn't able to meet him. He already had passed away, but you can see it's just ingrained in our, in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So immediately, you know, Toyota went to Mr. Moran and said, hey, you're going to start a distributorship of Toyota. And as you know, back then, who was Toyota? And he was a car salesman, right? Um, wow. Owned major. <laughs> owned, exactly. <laughs> you know, owned major dealerships and were very innovative in, in his space. So mm-hmm. he took this and um, immediately has grown to what Southeast Toyota and JM family is today you know, with 178 dealerships that are out there. Um, And he started that with building relationships, understanding as you as a dealer, what do you need? Mm. I mean, back then there wasn't really systems, but he created a system for the dealers to how do they tracking inventory? How, how are we doing, you know, different reporting and communication? And um, so I would say it was instilled right from the beginning. Okay. Um, he was the first one to actually do commercials, car commercials. A lot of people don't know that he was the Mm. only dealer to be on the cover of, uh, time magazine. Mm. So I think, you know, right from the beginning, it was a a mindset shift on, we are serving our dealers and obviously ultimately the customers at the end of the day and how can we help them? Okay. And of course that's part of our core values. Um, and I would probably have to say as times have changed, of course, Technology is moving so fast and it's expensive, you know, even for a company like JM family that has, you know, 4,500 associates. Yeah, we have 4,500 associates and we're an $18 billion company. But at the end of the day, technology is not cheap, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, how do we use what we have, but then also bringing in newer technology to kind of help enhance what we're doing, right? Yeah. So it's always that it's always that kind of um, balance. Um, obviously, having more money to invest in technology is another area that we started. Um, I would say, as far as like innovation month, um, probably I would say maybe again I've only been at the company about nine years. I'm like a baby compared to everybody there. Um, you know, I would probably say maybe over the past six, six years or so, but okay. we really formally, I would say, launched even a few years before COVID, like this competition. Okay. Which went over so well. Nice. Um, it was amazing from everyone across the company to people what we call our vehicle centers that actually take the Toyotas off. And, you know, creating even sometimes their own widgets to, mm-hmm. to do things better and differently. So it can be as, I don't want to say as small as that, but as okay. major as, hey, we're going to, how are you going to buy a car online? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's been and a creating a disruption custom- in the car world over the last several years, you know, with 
Carvana and different things, you get cars delivered to your house. Exactly. That was not the experience right. five years ago forever, right? right? It was go to a dealer, negotiate, mm -hmm. spend hours. And now yep. there's this whole disruption mm -hmm. where you can go and put a coin in a machine and a car comes out. Exactly. Um, so, so we have yeah. really been in investing in different areas mm. um, of that and looking at, you know, again, how can we be closer to, to Toyota yeah. and how can we be closer to the dealer? You yeah. know what they're what we call allocations of their Toyotas. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So hopefully you're picking up on a couple key things that I'm hearing. One is, you know, knowing your customer. Mm -hmm. We talked about this beforehand. Just the, the associate is who you're investing in and mm -hmm. everything will ripple out. Of course, dealerships, ultimate buyers of cars are important, but you're starting kind of at the epicenter of the, the associates and right. investing in them. And then that's flowing out um, and investing and being willing to bring in ideas, creating that culture of, mm -hmm. hey, let's have a competition. Let's bring ideas to the table. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So you have a big winner maybe um, mm -hmm. that that you celebrate. How do you as an organization keep people updated on that? Is that something that you do really frequently? Because that's something that we are kind of kicking around mm -hmm. internally. Is like, how do we, yeah, let's create a culture of innovation. Let's bring ideas. But how do we, how do we highlight and celebrate mm -hmm. on a consistent basis? Hey, this person had this idea in that department. Look at mm -hmm. the impact it's had. How do you do that? So we do have a corporate communications team where we are doing, we will, they will go out to, along with our leadership team, we will go out to the vehicle processing centers. We will film them. We will show exactly what's going on. And it's usually on our, we have a company portal. Okay. So it's on our company portal. Um, we also have a stakeholder meeting every year. So it's usually on that. We also have our CEO, Brent Burns. He has highlights. And he will highlight what's, you know, kind of going on out there and what's, you know, kind of going on with our associates. So it depends. So there's a lot of different channels. And I think COVID has actually helped with that mm -hmm. is not being just the, the face to face. I think having more using technology more, I think, than we ever have from a communication perspective. Okay. So from you know, podcasts like this, yeah. right? Um, we have that um, asking questions out there. If there is, um, if we highlight a, a department or an area, you can have some of that time with them. So there is different vehicles formally, like I said, and informally mm -hmm. that we've done um, some of that. Mm -hmm. And it's always, it's always a question. It's part of our goals. It's part of, um, even for me being a leader in the company, it's really part of our leadership model. Um, you know, it's not just about performance. Mm -hmm. It really is about, what, how is our culture and how are we instilling that? And how am I even a servant leader in that? Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes it's not about titles. Yeah. It's about to cultivate. Yeah. So maybe there's some good ideas there where you at your organization are trying to figure out how do we, how do we prioritize innovation? How do we even prioritize technology? How do we create a culture where all of my associates from the bottom to the top know that this is a priority yeah. and how do you highlight, celebrate, you know, those wins and, the other thing I'm curious about, and I'm not sure if you guys picked up on it, but she, mm -hmm. she said of investing, you know, the mm -hmm. organizations, you, you, when you say you're going to be committed to something, you have to follow it up with the ability to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure, again, there's a lot of different people that are going to hear this that are maybe trying to figure that out of mm -hmm. how do I get that buy-in? And maybe you could give some, just some words of advice or some wisdom of things that you've seen in your nine years there, mm -hmm. um, even from your previous experience, maybe before JM of, of how you've seen that start mm -hmm. and gain momentum so that, you know, you eventually get to that place where you can create an amazing culture like JM family. Like I, I love hearing about Jim and just his commitment to it and how that's still, even though he's passed from this earth, like there's still that 
essence of it that Absolutely. is just a key part of who you are. So um, I don't know if you could share a little bit about that, because I'm sure with everyone's budgets, <laughs> like everyone's always struggling, right? How do right. I get money from this bucket to that bucket? Or how mm -hmm. do I get some inspiration around how am I going to fund some of these ideas? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would even take a step back even before putting the money aside. I mean, right now, there are tools already out there mm. that you can utilize um, to prototype. And we did a lot of that actually in HR. Specifically, um, we used access databases okay. to kind of help and automate. I mean, that's a that's a Microsoft product, right? It's mm -hmm. part of um, Microsoft 365 mm -hmm. where you've got access, you have SharePoint, you've got you know all these different tools and especially um, Microsoft Teams chat. Yep. you know, to kind of have that collaboration. <clears throat> well, if you want to automate a business process, you can start that in SharePoint. Yep. Um, you can start that in an access database and start to really kind of prototype that a little bit and play that out and how that's going to work and then really refine. And then that could be a presentation to, you know, management. It also could be your final solution in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, we did that because HR, as much as we work for JM Family, we're we're also a cost center, right? So um, we always said we didn't have a lot of money. And so what is the best way that we could use the tools that we had right. um, to really help as much as we can? Yeah. But it also helped us create that foundation. And I'd hate to say this, but that business case to say, hey, mm. we're at a little bit of a breaking point now. And um, and that's how we ended up with the, with the implementation that I talked about earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And from my time in <laughs> corporate America and also in the tech world. Um, and even experiencing here at Four Kids uh, at a relatively small organization, we're about 120 <clears throat> employees now. And um, being careful that there's not all these disparate systems that people want to purchase in different departments. And exactly. we're a Microsoft shop, actually, so I know mm -hmm. everything you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we, I think through COVID, were forced, obviously, because so many people were working remotely to stop using so many different systems, just really focus on Microsoft Teams, using Task by Planner, using the tools that we have chat to bring everybody on the same platform um, and enabling the technology. Because you mm -hmm. could spend a lot of money on technology and it can be on the shelf and it's not even exactly. being used. And when systems don't talk to each other, I mean, mm -hmm. really big companies make this mistake all the time. You we know do. That. <laughs> yes. Not just small nonprofits. So exactly. it's, it's, there's always an area to improve to kind of get the focus down and, mm -hmm. and use the tools. Um, and even you mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, we were struggling and, and this industry struggles with reporting. Mm -hmm. You know, we work with the state and sometimes it's 30, 60 day delays to get even information out of the system. Um, it's a real struggle. There's not common uh, metrics from state to state. So mm -hmm. like when we try to learn and compare ourselves with people from other states, they may be looking at different metrics. I hope that in my time here at 4Kids, we're able to get almost on a common platform as a nation for our work because be we use Power BI analytics and we, so we've got all this data. We love looking at, you know, placement stability, mm -hmm. how, how stable is a child in a placement every day to your point on my phone, I can mm -hmm. tell you by County, how many kids we're not able to place because we don't have enough capacity of foster families. It mm -hmm. helps enable our church team and people that are in the community trying to recruit foster mm -hmm. families to say right now, you know, we were having a conversation yesterday about the treasure coast. There's a 9% increase in kids coming into care. Now that COVID's over kind of, we're moving on back to normal. There's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of reasons kids are being removed and they're desperate for more families. There's kids that should be being placed in traditional homes or being sent to shelters and sibling groups are being broken up every day in our world. So we're trying to use that technology tool, not to just 
to either gather the data, but to enable the data to mm -hmm. say, like, let's make this actionable. Let's use this Love to it. speak to the community to say, this is what we need. If a, anybody on our church engagement team who are our primary recruiters out in the church, they can pull up on their phone real time and have real time data and drop it down. And it can tell you the gender, whether it's a sibling group, whether mm -hmm. it's an individual child, the age, um, it really helps us to hopefully get more specific and local on, on recruiting families. Um, so that's just one of the ways we're trying to use technology. And I know you referenced that earlier, mm -hmm. so I wanted to circle back to that. I'm curious in, in the HR world today with, um, you know, the challenges post-COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, everyone leaving the workforce, mm -hmm. people wanting to work remotely, different things. Um, the lack of people willing to work. I don't know mm -hmm. how many openings JM has today. I know mm -hmm. how many we have. And right. that's the challenge that so many people are in to recruit families. I'm sure there are people out there listening that are probably, oh, this is like my biggest challenge right now is mm -hmm. finding talent. Is there anything that you guys are doing that you can share, mm -hmm. you know, proprietary or confidential right. that, that might help educate even me or the listening uh, community on some of the steps you guys are taking? Because you're like a big organization, right. multi-billion, 4,500, mm -hmm. you know, employees to help attract and retain the right talent? Yeah, I would have to say there's a you know, one plus for JM family is it's very well known in the community, right? Mm -hmm. um, our average tenure is about 10 to 11 years, which is really unheard of from a retention wow. perspective. Yeah. But I do have to say, I mean, we have also seen, and it's and it's with, I would say, specifically more with type of technology um, type of roles than anything else, okay. because that's just a huge movement um, that's happening, especially with products that we were just talking about, Microsoft, Power BI, data and analytics. Um, and I'm going to actually talk about data and analytics as kind of a comparison to your question, because I was super impressed that one, mm -hmm. that you had the Power BI mm -hmm. and that you even hired a data analyst to kind of help and bring that reporting together. Well, that type of role is very hot in the market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very hot along with, you know, data analysts and different things Huge. like that. Yep. You know, and, you know, again, we're very blessed as JM Family. We have an excellent benefits package and mm -hmm. things that JM Family offers. And sometimes some of it you don't even know until you actually are with the company. But we've had to th rethink some things, you know, a little bit differently and being in that competitive market, especially in more in the technology area when we talk about data science and um, in some of those types of roles that are, you know, again, it's a, it's a hot commodity. So yeah. what, how can we attract them? Let's say with some of the innovation work that we're doing right on the data side. Yeah. Uh, Cause companies, it's not just jam family. All companies are a little behind in that area. And so what's that project or that kind of attraction mm -hmm. that enticing that would get mm -hmm. a, data scientists, right, excited mm. um, from a from a data perspective. And each role is a, you know, is a little bit different. I mean, we have our normal avenues of, you know, staffing companies. And obviously, we have a great partnership with um, some of the local universities. Okay. Um, we usually have around 50 interns every year, too. So that's, a you know, another way that we're recruiting. Yeah, um, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's amazing who we have right here in South Florida, but yeah. we recruit from all over. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're still using those types of avenues, but we've had to, you know, think about things and how we're positioning, um, even from a compensation perspective and, mm -hmm. and all of that to really kind of attract the talent and the type of work that we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, technologists don't want to work on old systems. Mm -hmm. They want to work on new systems. Yeah. Um, so that's also another reason that a few years ago we said, we're going to do some major investments 
in technology, probably the biggest that the company has done in since its inception. Wow. So it's really been across the board besides just, you know, HR. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm curious as you have come to know four kids a little bit mm -hmm. and um, get engaged. And I just can't thank you guys enough. I mean, <laughs> for the record, Jam Family, you know, foundation and organization have been, have been very kind and supportive of the work that four kids has done for mm -hmm. a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to take a moment and thank you guys for just not only your impact on us, but the impact on the community. You guys should be proud of, of carrying on the legacy of mm -hmm. Jim Moran and, and investing in people and young people. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that's on your heart um, that you, as you look in from the outside mm -hmm. uh, at four kids at the work that we do and foster care adoption that particularly um, touched your heart maybe, or has intrigued you? Um, so just like anything else, there's, you know, always opportunities. And especially, you know, in the corporate world, we think about vendors. And I know in your world, it's ChildNet, it's legislation, it's, you know, all these different entities that you need to work with in order to actually even fulfill from a volunteer perspective mm -hmm. or licensing from a foster parent. So uh, I would say right now I am going through the licensing process. Yay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but if I put my process hat on and my Six Sigma hat on, I would ask the question, you know, what is your lead time from the time that I say, yes, sign me up, I'm recruited to the time when I can actually have a child in my home. Yep. yep. And I have to say, I've been on this process since April. April. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was told by one of your staff members that I'm right on top of all the things that I need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it asks, you know, I asked the question is, you know, how many children are waiting for yeah. a home? And it's taking right now from April until August to really even get to close to the end. Yeah. Um, and so just thinking about how many children, you know, are waiting and, you know, how we could use some of these skills that we talked about with process improvement or a Lean Six Sigma. How do we get closer to the vision and collapse that time so that we can place that child you know, immediately. Amen. <laughs> I, I love the idea. Um, you know, it is like you said before, and I hate to say this, it's a complicated system when we're working with a lead agency here, who's mm -hmm. kind of a representative of the government, the way the Florida system structured it. Those of you that don't know, we do community-based care, which is a unique system. I think we're only one of two states that run it this way. So uh, Tallahassee contracts with local lead agencies to basically be their arm. And then we contract mm -hmm. with them. So we're indirectly, um, uh, contracting with the department and uh, there's a lot of moving parts and then fingerprinting and background checks are very complicated if you haven't been in the state for a long time, but mm -hmm. there's incentives actually, which is actually a good thing, okay. which a lot of organizations don't do well. They don't mm -hmm. line the incentives up with the goal. If we actually license families within, I think it's 120 days, we actually get paid more. So there's an incentive um, for us all to try mm -hmm. to work through the process quicker, but there are obstacles and that's one area among many that we're trying to look at with a consultant right now with a process improvement lens to say, awesome. what are the legislations that we could advocate to change mm -hmm. to get families licensed more quickly? Because you're right, there's kids waiting here. There's kids waiting in Palm Beach and Treasure Coast and Southwest Florida and Miami-Dade. There's kids waiting across our state. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that next, actually Friday, I'm gonna be going to a leader meeting, a strategy meeting in Tampa with a bunch of people from across the state. Mm -hmm. And we got to just focus in on what you started with, which is what are we trying to accomplish here? We're trying to get kids in safe homes and we need more capacity um, of good foster families. And it's not something that when you talk about all the different challenges in a very complex system that always is what we're focused on. 
And so I look forward to sharing your voice next week with a bunch mm -hmm. of leaders as a prospective foster parent to say, this is taking too long. I'm willing. Um, how do I get to that point quicker? Um, so thank you for that. We're going to continue to work on that and other things. And I'm sure that's a valuable asset for you out there is to, you know, as we kind of wrap up our time together, think about some of the amazing nuggets that Sally shared today, um, creating that culture, focusing on who is important to your associate, for us, if it's the children that we're trying to serve, keeping our eyes um, on that focus. And I, I know when I had Larry Ryan, who's the CEO of ChildNet in on a previous podcast, that's one thing I really appreciate about Larry as the CEO of this lead agency. Whenever I'm in these big meetings, it always comes back to him to the children that we can't place. He runs a huge organization with hundreds of employees, but he's always, his heart is always where it should be, mm -hmm. which is what you're talking about as your associates at JM Family Enterprises. So you should be asking yourself that question out there. Are we focused on our real core mission? What are we trying to accomplish? Are we putting our energies there? Are we investing not only in creating a culture of innovation, but investing in the tools that are going to get us from point A to point B? Um, I love some of the other things you shared about, you know, tracking the right talent, having the right technology. Mm -hmm. um, I want to encourage you because Sally had asked me earlier, how do you get people to invest? As a nonprofit, 60% of our budget is through donors, mm -hmm. not on government contracts. And I'm telling you, there's people out there that are willing to invest in vision. Right. There's people that are out there that um, we've been blessed with it. I'm sure you will be blessed with it. If you have a dream, if you have a vision of how technology can impact your business um, and you're in the nonprofit sector, be bold. People are out there. Pray about it. God will put the right people in your path. Um, but of course, if you have any questions, you can reach out to four kids and we can try to help you as well. But um, I just want to wrap up today and thank Sally for her time. A round of applause. Um, really, I was looking forward to this podcast after, again, meeting Sally and talking a little bit about her background and how some of it aligns with where God's brought me in my um, uh, journey before I joined four kids. Um, I'm thankful there's people out there like you who are thinking about how to use technology and um, innovation to continue to transform the workforce, to transform the way we work. And we're blessed at four kids to, to be able to say that, you know, we're focused on such an important mission and it's on the wall behind Sally hope homes and healing for every child and family that's in crisis. Um, that's our, that's our, our mission and our vision, and um, we can't do it alone. So again, thank you to JM Family Enterprises and for their support of four kids. And again, um, if you have any questions at all, I'm sure you could follow up. There would be information in the podcast, but uh, our URL website is four kids, the number four, K-I-D-S.us, where you can find out more information if you want to reach out to us here in Florida. We'd be happy to try to help you in uh, the right direction. So that wraps up another great session of the Advocate for Kids podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kevin Enders, and we're thankful that you took time to join us. We hope to see you on a future episode. Thanks. Thank you.